0: Hello
1: and welcome to the Agile Planet podcast. My name is Mandar Kulkarni and I am the host of this podcast. I will be interviewing the Agile experts from all over the world, taking the pearls of the planet Agile. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you for joining. Today, we have a guest coming to us from London. He is an Agile coach, and his name is Shriharsha. shersha Shri is also a blogger and podcaster, and he will talk more about it as we go along while talking with him. And with that, I welcome shersha to the Agile Planet podcast. Shersha welcome.
0: Thank you, Mandar. Thank you. Um, hello, all. Um, hello to all the listeners here. I am um, Sri Harsha, known as Sri. Um, in fact, I am a great admirer of of podcasts, and I think uh, this is is a great opportunity for us to kind of stay in touch, stay connected with um, you know what we do as 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 on a on a daily basis. Um, with close to 20 years of of, uh, IT experience and almost a decade in, in Agile, I call myself an Agile caretaker. Than calling myself an agile coach or a scrum master, the only reason uh, being I, I try to uh, get into the uh, you know clients' shoes and try to help them to be agile rather than do agile. We'll talk about this more um, over the conversations in the next few minutes, but. Uh, I've had opportunities to uh, work with banking, uh, financial services, insurance sectors, and I've tasted a few flavors over this period of uh, eight to nine years. And I'd love to uh, kind of share some insights uh, with you all today. Um, as uh, I'm as as Mandar said I am an active uh, agile blogger too and um, of course you can you can find my blogs on um, uh, www.agilamigo.com now besides um, these what I do is do some voluntary work uh, with the certifying bodies or or the agile bodies like scrum alliance agile alliance and others um, very recent feather in my cap is uh, I have been chosen as one of the European gathering team members um, um, you know, for the Europe geography to kind of put up global scrum gatherings uh, within the Europe uh, um, continent. So I'm also a co-founder of a, of a non-profit group called Agile Practitioners Group of India, which is APGI. Um, of course, that's that's again um, situated and located in, in in a city called Pune in India. Um, of course, uh, we conduct a lot of uh, uh Conferences, meetups on an annual basis, quarterly basis, monthly basis now considering the situation. And, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of uh, uh, voluntary work, which I do. And I hold a few certifications uh, uh, within Scrum Alliance and and, uh, Global Scrum Institute. Really, really excited to be a part of this podcast today. And I thank Mandar for this opportunity again. And let's get crack on.
1: Sure, sure. Thank you so much, sir. It's a great background and great information. Some of the points even I was not aware of, even if I know you for a few years. So, um, my my little bit segue from there is with all this big background, uh, large background, large number of activities. Let's little bit zone zone in or zoom in. Mm-hmm. What your current situation is situation in the sense what I want to know is where are you located right now? What type of company or industry you are working on? What is your role? If you can give us some idea about that ecosystem.
0: Absolutely. Um, so at the moment, um, I live in a very small, beautiful town on East of England called Norwich, which is about 150 miles uh, from London. So, uh, essentially this is where i was working with a client uh, a big insurance giant in the uk Um, and as a as an agile coach i was working there and coincidentally about a couple of weeks ago i've moved my uh, client in fact the uh, the clients have changed now i've taken up a new assignment and now i've gone into uh, serving banking clients again a a Hmm. big uk banker and I've been deputed there as, as an agile coach or a scrum master or whatever we want to call it as. But essentially, mm-hmm. my um, uh, you know, portfolio or, or something which I'm responsible for is to transform uh, the account or the client space into agile ways of working and thinking or, or rather changing the mindset from any traditional ways of working to new ways of working or agile ways of working. So that is something which I'm um at the moment I'm still based in Norwich because of um the global pandemic and and of course I cannot move anywhere else other than staying at home um mm-hmm. but slowly we will um I'll have to move up north um that's where um the banking client is and when I say north it would be a beautiful country called Scotland.
1: Oh okay yeah so you will be moving to Scotland once the Post-corona period
0: uh, Yeah.
1: Oh, great. Okay. So, um, looks like your majority of uh, your background is from financial, banking, insurance kind of sector. Is that the right, traffic
0: okay. no, Absolutely. And, right.
1: and there you work as an independent consultant or are you part of some organization's full-time workforce?
0: Yeah, so I am a part of a, a big uh, organization where they, uh, I am part of their community of uh, uh, practice or center of excellence team. So what they do is to depute uh, consultants or or, uh, people like me to different uh, accounts, which is affiliated uh, with the organization, um, where we provide service to them in terms of consultancy, in terms of help, in terms of coaching, in terms of uh, helping them embrace changes, helping them uh, stay uh, at the top in the competitive uh, market at the moment. So uh, yeah, yeah. So I work for a uh, an MNC uh, which is India based, and of course, I'm depute. I'm deputed in the UK right now.
1: Okay. Okay. Great. So let's let's do some more um, ground level um, understanding about the work that you are doing. Mm-hmm. You said. um, uh, that we are working with banking and all these industries. And um, uh, the interesting point that you mentioned was um, being agile. So let's talk about um, your idea of being agile, how you promote being agile in the workspace or the ecosystem where you are working on.
0: Absolutely. Um, so uh, you've asked me a question which. Possibly will take an hour or two for me to really answer that. However, uh, let me kind of keep it very crisp in answering this question, or at least uh, guiding our listeners to a a path where we all uh, try to not just do Agile, be Agile. Uh, In quotes, I really mean it because um, everybody will do Agile. Just because when when people talk about Agile, they say, uh, okay, we are conducting our daily scrum meeting. Yes, we are agile. So I I fail to understand that bit because uh, whenever they start stating that particular stuff, that is where their journey ends because that is not agile. You will just have to start uh, that professionally and personally as well. So for example, Mm -hmm. if I'll have to quote my own example, um, I have... Uh, kanban boards set up at home. So when I say Kanban boards set up at home, it is not just for me to manage my stuff. It is to manage my family's work items, if I would want to call it that way. So we manage, including my 10-year-old, we manage our work, Say his homework, his homeschooling, my wife's uh, Uh, purchasing something, some shopping, and, uh, of course, me doing dishes, very important, uh, and many other (laughs) stuff, we put it on Kanban board and we track Mm -hmm. that every week. We retrospect, uh, you believe it or not, we retrospect every Sunday, and then we take those actions and reflect and adjust for the next consecutive week. So what I'm trying to essentially say or come at is uh, Agile is not just about you do something at your workplace. It is something Mm -hmm. that you imbibe into your life, which means you have to be agile to try and eliminate any kind of waste from the system. And that, as for me, is being agile and not just doing agile.
1: Very well said. Very well said, um, Shersha. I must uh, admire you and your family as well uh, for following the Kanban board at home for doing and uh, special thanks to you for giving an importance to doing dishes because um, uh, that's such an important thing and you can show your excellence in any any activity like doing dishes um so thank you and really admire you and your family for doing that that's perfectly um you know, perfectly right way of thinking that in your day-to-day life in your personal life when you start Using the concepts of agile, then then only you are really being agile, and then it starts reflecting in your work. So now uh, coming to the workplace um, that we want to talk about, you are asking people to become become agile um, in their day to day lives as well. As far as the following agile in the workplace is concerned, uh, how do you guide people? Uh, do you start with formal training do you start with informal training how do you expect them to start their journey when you are their coach or guide or servant leader what are your ways of making people um, start their journey on agile it's a
0: great question again um, so i'll give you a live example here so that people can start relating that uh, to it more rather than being just bookish um so uh, in 2015, uh, I was deployed or deputed into a bank again, uh, mm. a, again, a largest bank in Africa or South Africa. So I was flown uh, down to Johannesburg, and uh, was asked to transform this bank. Okay, and uh, the bank had about 130 uh, employees who were uh, working and and uh, you know developing their uh, software. So. Um, that's the uh, situation where I had, I went there, of course, with, with uh, a roadmap of what needs to be done, etc. However, I did not follow the roadmap because mm. um, the first thing when I went into the bank, uh, what I realized is uh, there's a lot of things that I need to understand first rather than just mm. going with um, you know, a few prescriptions and points to state one, two, three, four, five. You do all these five points and you're agile. Off you go. I don't think it's going to work that way. So cool. what we did, what I did personally was to sit there with each and every associate for some time, understand the ground reality. So when I say mm. understand the ground reality what is the kind of frequency that you're going to uh, you know provide your value to your customer what is the frequency of seeking feedback from your customer so all these points uh, i kind of noted about 3 to 4 weeks time i took um in order to sit with these associate leadership management different levels to understand what agile means to them or what is the current work means to them. So after which the second step, what I did was to slowly start introducing formal trainings in terms of Mm. certifications or in terms of just getting them to embrace a new way of working theoretically first. When I say theoretically first, um, again, I wouldn't really flow through uh, the scrum guide, 19 pages, scrum guide and say, Hey, you guys are scrum masters now. No, it it doesn't work Mm. that way, unfortunately. Um, We had practical games and scenarios incorporated within their training modules to make them understand. Because I had uh, the age varying from 25-ish, you believe it or not, I had uh, a person who was 78 years old who was still sitting Mm -hmm. and coding COBOL uh, in, in the bank. So it was it was not easy for me or any consultant to really come and change people's mindset like this, because anybody who are less than 40 years easy to adapt for changes, people Mm -hmm. who have been coding um, almost my age or more than that, I don't think they will be easily adaptable to change. So this is uh, the first thing which I, which I did. And, and eventually we uh, you know, tried and, and put a roadmap and asked them to start baselining their stuff, what they were currently measured on. And then subsequently, every quarter, we started measuring their maturity. So this is a small uh, take, uh, which I wanted to quote when it comes to the first step uh, for anybody to start their journey. Sure,
1: sure so now you have handled such a wide range and uh, again i must say that i have not handled that wide range from 25 to 72 or 78 so it's a huge amount of um, uh, different flavors of w- how people you deal with
0: mm-hmm.
1: now let me use this opportunity or this situation to ask you um the type of resistances that you might have received in this journey of making them transition from their whatever there was original mm. thought process to the agile thought process and what are the ways with which you have tried to convince them or tried to um i should say dissolve their uh, resistance so that they can join your thought process they can become your allies than remaining your uh, enemies
0: sure um First thing, I would like to start with a statement called Agile is not a destination and it is a journey. We all know uh, that it definitely is not a destination where, uh, okay, we start performing or standing up, um, in our daily scrum calls and finish our scrum calls and do a couple of retrospectives. And then we call it as an agile, uh, organization. And then we move on. Unfortunately, it is not that simple. Um, mm-hmm. it may be easy to understand, but for you to implement that, it is going to take some time. Why did I quote this particular thing is because, uh, it is related to what you asked me, um, When it comes to the challenges, when it comes to the resistance, uh, it was easy, fairly easy for me to uh, help people who were less than 40, uh, who were just about college age, who finished their college and got straight into uh, their jobs, and people who have just gone um, into their work streams, etc., for about 8 to 10 years, etc. Those guys, it was easy to change because they hadn't seen much of waterfall or any legacy ways of doing things. So for them, it was very easy to um, mm-hmm. adapt to uh, the new ways of working, be it training, be it showing them the sample size, et cetera. But the sample size of the data or uh, in terms of how effective they can be, uh, if I have to quote a specific uh, metric, we did the cycle time. So this was a bank, and obviously um, uh, we tried to. Uh, this the whole thing was driven through priorities and and SLAs around the tickets that they they mm. used to get. So obviously uh, for people who are of highly experienced, highly qualified, extremely competent in their in their job in their skill, you had to show them the data. So mm. um, obviously the first. Um, cadence if i if i were to be doing a kanban there i would call it more a cadence or an, a you know a set of a time box rather than calling it sprints mm-hmm. i would start showing them the data if you were to be doing the way you used to do for years you you took 4 weeks to resolve a p4 ticket a priority 4 ticket Versus I've taken this small sample size, I'm working with a set of four or five team members who have been doing the same working on the same p four tickets and they hammered it down in two weeks or less. Now that difference with data, if I start to present um, these folks who have actually seen that, they it it was kind of a, a light bulb moment for them. Oh, is Mm. it so? Uh, Why did I have to spend a lot of time when I knew these were the things, when I knew the bottlenecks, when I had bottlenecks, I had other team members to jump on it and they could see through the work item moving from left to right. I didn't know about this. So it was kind of a self-realization moment for them. And and, and uh, this is how, uh, you know, one of the examples where they started accepting the change, looking at the data, looking at the reality, and, and possibly could see the benefits out of it.
1: Absolutely. Great example. Because data is what, as we say, the numbers don't lie. And when you are showing them the numbers and related to their work and the way with which somebody else has done and somebody... Uh, and what you are doing, that yeah. automatically tells them what they need to learn, provided sure. the person is open minded and he really wants to improve himself. So sure. that's a great example. Uh, and this is what we do at a team level to convince them to do it better. Um, now let's move our focus from uh team level, which is mm-hmm. kind of a uh bottoms up the bottom of the bottoms up part, and start at a higher level. What my personal experience tells me that as you go higher in the organizational hierarchy, people know about Agile and people want to do Agile, but perhaps they have not really invested themselves much to really go into understanding into what Agile will do for me. Is it really for me or is it just a buzzword that I want to bring in? What is your thought process regarding that? What are your experiences? of how executive management or leadership or decision-making body, whatever we want to call it, their way of looking at Agile and how to make them understand the real ground reality of what Agile is going to tell them, give them.
0: Absolutely. So again, uh, uh, if I'll have to start uh, answering this question by quoting an example, Um, Mm -hmm. (coughs) in a typical, Agile scenario in a typical Agile organization where the team is is kind of uh, doing scrum in order to deliver customer value or business value. Um, okay. So y- your manager or, or somebody from uh, the higher up, uh, they come back to you as a scrum master or any kind of a team leader or any such person and they say, um, okay, we understand you guys are uh, you know doing scrum, everything is working well, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but i want to see uh, a status report in a beautiful excel sheet or a a powerpoint presentation every weekend or every Mm. friday before you leave now that mindset itself uh, is a beginning of the end if i may if i may call it Mm. because as soon as you start expecting these kind of reports and stuff uh, what you're not realizing as a leader is you're increasing somebody's work uh, in terms of increasing the documentation which is not necessary at this point and uh, he or she who is designated to coach the team he or she is designated to bring the team onto agile ways of working they will not be given enough sufficient time to do so because they will have mm-hmm. 100 reports from you uh, which you have asked they will have to start preparing those reports and feed that back to you every Friday. So this is, is a classic mindset where Agile is not going to uh, make its way uh, through. So this is a, a, a example where I would have uh, have gone in as a, as a consultant or, or whatever you may want to call it as, and I would have said, okay why do you need to see those reports? If you want to give, uh, you know, take it up to your manager or your leader, why don't you come and, and take part in our uh, meetings? in the team mm-hmm. meetings. So when you start doing that, of course, I understand if, if it's a one person handling 20 teams, it may be very difficult um, yeah. you know, in terms of scalability, in terms of uh, his or her time split between those 20 teams being a part of those ceremonies and events. But if it's a small team, uh, if you're really looking at about four teams, what stops you in going and being present in their meetings so that mm-hmm. your collaboration is done, visibility is there, you have transparency, and most most importantly, Mandar, uh, there's something which I'd like to stress uh, to all the listeners. By a leader being present in the meetings, what you're essentially doing is to build or foster that trust between the team and yourselves. Now, that is your first taste of success. Whether mm-hmm. you want to do, uh, you want to go agile or no, that's secondary. As long as you have the trust between your team and yourselves, you and your team can go great heights. Mm -hmm. Now, that that is something which I would would possibly say as a solution for that example, which I quoted, saying, start collaborating with your team more often. So when you start collaborating, what are you essentially doing? You're cutting down that, you're breaking that wall um, and you're making it transparent. You're making it visible which means you're also cutting down that hierarchy uh, which you have laid out in the organization uh, saying you are one among the team. We all are developers. So which means – you are developing something to satisfy your customer while your frontline engineer is developing something to satisfy his customer. So we mm-hmm. all, including your CEO to the frontline engineers, we all are developers. That's how I'd like to say. And of course, this is a very um, a nice uh, story which I would not want to quote now, uh, but this is a very nice story which was, again, uh, narrated by one of our uh, uh, you know Agilists across the community. So that mm-hmm. is where he tries to bring in that concept or analogy of of bees and how bees work together to satisfy one particular goal. Likewise, we as organization, we will work towards one particular goal of satisfying our customer, regardless of whether it's a CEO, whether it's your facility person, whether it's your infrastructure management group, whether it's your frontline developer or a tester. We all are developers. So so slowly with these steps, what you're essentially trying to do is to bring Agility to your organization. So from a leadership perspective, you can start showing them these kind of uh, uh, changes that can happen and and how it matters in terms of satisfaction score. It, we all understand customer satisfaction score is very important in, a, in an agile scenario. I personally feel team satisfaction score is equally important because we don't work with resources. We work with humans. Mm-hmm. So when you're working with humans team satisfaction how happy they are are they dissatisfied with something i as a leader how can i um, you know try and remove those impediments for them how can i do that so that will be a key uh, for a leader
1: absolutely and again i'm so glad that you brought up this point that everybody in the world is almost saying that customer is the king and we should make customer happy and we should bend backwards to make the customer happy the point I sometimes fail to understand that you are expecting your team members, your employees to bend backwards to make a customer happy. What are you doing to bend backwards to make your, customer, your employees happy? Because in my opinion, unless the employees are happy, how they will do that bending backwards to make the customer happy? And perhaps nobody or very few organizations, I would say, give that focus to, To make the team's happiness or, as you call it, the team satisfaction index. Absolutely important. It's a great thought. And I'm really glad that uh, uh, you said that. And I really believe that we align on that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's talk a little bit about a little bit tactical things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, As as we have seen in last few years, um, the market is flooded with various types of agile frameworks right from the simple Scrum Kanban to, SAFe, which is considered as a pretty large and important or uh, high, higher-end framework. What are your experiences regarding various frameworks, which one works, which one doesn't work, or which one works where, and uh, what would you say about your overall experience? How would you like to share your experiences about the frameworks that you have used or you have understood?
0: Uh, about it sure now uh, reflecting i'm i'm sure you would have gone through the 14th state of agile uh, report survey which came out very recently from version one and and based on that we uh, look at the look at different methodologies and different frameworks that are implemented across the globe and you still see between 54 to 57 percent scrum holds the key there and and mm-hmm. rest others will be split and and uh, to my surprise you still have about 5% uh, people uh, still state that they don't know what framework or methodology they use but mm. they still think they are agile so which yeah. uh, it's not a really a surprise but if you if you see uh, with the organizations i have worked with the clients i have worked whenever they want to get on the agile journey by default they go into Scrum. Now, that's the mm-hmm. biggest mistake which they do because I keep telling people Agile is not equal to Scrum. Yeah. When, when, you, when you just say, we want to go Agile, we want to transform our, our organization into Agile, that wouldn't default you to go into Scrum. And mm-hmm. again, if I will have to quote another example, um, the same bank which I was talking to you about, they assumed that Scrum is the right way to do things. Now, three questions which I wanted to ask them and which I'll still ask people when they say, I want to do Scrum versus XP versus Kanban versus anything. How frequent is your delivery? How frequent are you putting something into production or putting something to your customer's lap? How frequent are you collaborating with your customer? and which which in turn means how frequent are you seeking the feedback so that you can get your feedback loop up and try and inspect and adapt now if you do not have changing requirements because i know it's a regulatory project i know i will have to deliver it in next 3 months i know i will not wa- i don't have any change of requirements from from my client why do you need scrum and they will not in involved for the next 3 months because they would have given you those changes which they need and they've given you a deadline so even if you want to get back to waterfall please do it as long as you finish that on time do not do or go into scrum just for the sake of doing agile so that is one mm-hmm. uh, basic thing which i want to uh, let our listeners know and second thing is as i as i said anything that you think needs frequent feedback and if you think your requirements change uh, every now and then very frequently based on the market trend or whatever uh, uh, the product owner brings into your teams and only then and when you start delivering something which uh, maybe in one week or four weeks time whatever you want to do it as long as you're you're delivering something as a business value or some uh, something that can bring return of investment for your customer then mm-hmm. use Scrum. Otherwise, there are many other ways in terms of application maintenance, for example. Of course, wide-used application development will still use Scrum, and I don't have mm-hmm. any complaints there. But when right. people from application maintenance framework, ticketing system, priority-driven uh, you know, development, bug-fixing uh, scenario, they they just go ahead and, and start Scrum and which would which I believe is an overkill of a framework. You you're okay. killing it because just because you want to use you using it, you're not really getting great benefits out of it. Because the way it is designed, you have a lot of logic behind it, you have a lot of reasoning behind why you have those many items, artifacts and meetings within that Scrum framework. And if you're not using that, why do you use Scrum? Start using different other simpler methods, which can which can get the job done for you, rather than sticking to a framework. So I've I've seen a mix of uh, a few uh, methodologies and frameworks in terms of Scrum. Um, I've seen engineering companies exclusively uh, kind of. Uh, getting into their extreme programming habits um, mm. in terms of coding standards, simple pro, uh, design, and and pair programming. So, uh, you know, extremely good in, in those kind of, uh, uh, you know, engineering, just engineering stuff. Um, and mm. they pass it on to another service provider for testing and stuff. So in, in that case, uh, your XP practices will really work well. And if it's yeah. an application development scenario, then then obviously uh, Scrum is the right fit, depending on how frequent you seek feedback from your customer and how frequent you deliver um, business value. Sure, sure.
1: Let's little bit extend this to the scaling frameworks. Mm. Um, there is a less, there is a Scrum at scale, there is safe and newly emerged um, disciplined agile. Uh, would you like to share something from that uh, perspective of which scaling frameworks do you find useful and how and why?
0: Yeah. So uh, disciplined agile delivery was, of course, it was in, in early 2013s, 14s, it, it came in. Um, and of course, now I believe PMI has taken over and stuff. Okay. Uh, but before that, it was just a standalone DAD. Um Um, But, yeah, uh, in terms of safe, uh, again, uh, my personal recommendation would be uh, when people want to start using safe, they wouldn't realize that if if they want to scale for a one team kind of a network, if you want to go, uh, say, scale up to four or five, you're still scaling, but not to the extent of using safe. So many people will do that mistake um, of bringing in scale because heavy uh, uh, framework, that is. And and when you're saying heavy, it involves additional roles. It involves a lot of costs. It involves a lot of uh, customizations that you need to do. And if you do not have about, say, 50 to 80 and plus, 50 plus scrum teams who are working on a single product, I don't see the reason for your investment, huge investment, bringing in ARTs, bringing in RTEs as additional roles into your organization. Um, If you have very smaller teams, there are lighter framework. There are absolutely, you can still uh, run the show by Scrum of Scrums. You believe it or Mm -hmm. not. We've had Scrum of Scrums as a scaling model. Of course, this was before Nexus, um, uh, where we started just, about having scrum of scrum masters, re- representations from each team, and and start to understand the dependencies, and and uh, really have a conceptual sprint plan. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm not behind any Excel sheets or Gantt charts here. I'm uh, sure. just a simple sprint conceptual plan where mm. um, if team A is dependent on team B to start their work, so team B will possibly take their work in sprint number one, and the same work is carried out by team A in sprint number two. Now, where mm. would you plot these? You plot this in a simple Excel sheet, which should not consume a lot of time. And and I'd use that as a, as a conceptual sprint plan, which will be evolving and emerging. So, as simple as these tools have helped me in the past to manage scaling so if if you think this is kind of too basic and it possibly will not work for me and i need something which is labeled scaling then you possibly Hmm. can use nexus you can use many others as you rightly said less is around dad is around and and of course safe Uh, but a little hint when you're using safe or bringing safe into your network just ensure that you have 50-plus odd teams working on a single product. Otherwise, it it possibly will not really, again, as I said, you're, you're overkilling a framework.
1: Right. That should be enough justification in terms of size, complexity, Absolutely. number of team members to bring something like safe in. Absolutely, I agree. Absolutely, I agree with you. You... Um, gave a hint about a very interesting story about uh, how bees work relating to agile and for me it was an intriguing um, intriguing point so can you can you share that story with us
0: absolutely so with all credits given to Ajel Maven um, um, mm-hmm. he is the person who actually gave us this narrated the story in 2015 in, in one of the meetups in Pune where mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah we all went on a on a Saturday morning um, sulking because it was a weekend and we were asked to go and of course <laughs> I was a co-host there and uh, we did host that particular uh, uh, meetup as part of APGI and uh, uh, when we talked about Uh, I mean, he opened this forum by asking this question, how many uh, developers are there in this room? A few uh, put their hands up, a few did not. So that's when he took us all through this narrative journey towards how uh, a life of a honeybee is. So obviously mm-hmm. when, when you talk about honey bees, uh, of course, we all know that there are three kinds of bees. One is a, uh, uh, no, droid bee. Another one is a queen bee. Uh, and another one is a worker bee. So mm-hmm. when you have these three bees, uh, obviously queen would not really come out of hive and the other two uh, types of bees will go out, get the, fetch the nectar, and then they kind mm-hmm. of store that in the hive. So yeah. eventually, uh, or sadly would be consumed by a human anyways but their primary objective is to get everything together on a uh, you know common goal all three bees will have a common goal to mm. get the nectar and and store the nectar um, you know uh, for their stuff uh, that would uh, be the analogy of a of a honey bee now if you bring the same logic into your organization your facility management group um, or, or your uh, infrastructure management group who provide you the laptops, the, the keyboard, etc., they are helping you in order for you to work and satisfy your customer, which essentially means to say they are also trying to satisfy the customer for you, for them, you are the customer. For you, somebody else is the customer. Likewise, mm-hmm. a CEO of a company will be tasked to do a few responsibilities or take care of a few responsibilities to satisfy his or her customer. So likewise, yeah. we all are still working towards one common goal, which is satisfied customer. So if anybody asks you tomorrow, are you a developer? Just because you're not coding, just because you have not had your hands on .NET or Java, it doesn't really uh, stop you being a developer. You are still a Mm. developer developing something for a common goal. Now that is the kind of interrelation which she gave, which I was really flattened uh, hearing this story. And I keep uh, narrating this story with all credits given to him uh, every session of mine, because this is where the first step of mindset change happens. So mm-hmm. as soon as you finish narrating the story, if you pop the same question back again, how many of us are developers in this room after hearing the story? Everyone will put their hand up. And when mm-hmm. everyone puts their hand up, that is when we, we start saying, now, this is what we talk about mindset change from today, yeah. we expect you to start changing different people's mindsets to start evangelizing, uh, you know, these agile ways of working. So this is how we kind of connect uh, the story to uh, the reality of working.
1: Perfect. Perfect. I love the story and that makes perfect sense because people learn from the stories and this is, this is a story which really, really makes very nice analogy relationship between agile teams and us. Okay, so I have a little bit diversion and want to ask you a couple of um, questions related to your volunteering work, Uh, Scrum Alliance, Agile Alliance and APGI. APGI I'm pretty familiar with um, because I have been uh, there one of the uh, speakers a few years back in Pune, and loved that experience because it allowed me to go back to my hometown where I literally was born um, and brought up and started my career and going there back as an invited speaker was one of the highest points in my life and APGI gave me the opportunity so I'm always thankful to APGI and now to you as a part of the founder so tell us a little bit about what APGI does and of course um, your other activities as
0: well absolutely So again, in 2015, uh, three like-minded people, including me, we kind of got together in another Agile meetup um, in in Pune again, where uh, we were a part of that meetup. And while the coffee sessions, coffee sessions can do many things. uh, This is one of them. So in the coffee sessions, while networking, we said all three of us are in Pune and we know the kind of... uh, agile uh, knowledge we have in the city and uh, our primary focus was to kind of make um, um, Pune slowly an agile capital of India. Now, this was our primary objective when we said, okay, now how will we make that? We had many groups at that point and Uh, uh, you know, not to name any group, but there were some kind of a commercial benefit attached to those groups. So we wanted to be unique because our objective was to spread Agile awareness within the city and across the country. So with this uh, in mind, we three got together and we said, we are practitioners, we are definitely Agile practitioners, and we would want to kind of focus at the moment uh, the whole country, and where we, will, how will we do it? We use Pune as a hub, and we start spreading the news and spreading mm-hmm. the uh, agile awareness. So that is how um, APGI was born in, in in 2015, and after which 2016 onwards, we started um, um, you know hosting and curating our annual conferences. Now, annual conferences we have had two hundred, two forty, two fifty plus participants coming across the globe. Um, and and like yourselves uh, and we, it was such an honor to to have you as our guest speaker and you speak about stuff. And there were a lot of takeaways from that as well. Likewise, there were many, many people came across the globe um, uh, from the globe and and then and, and they started talking about Agile in our conferences and that inspired a lot of people within um, India and they went back with their good practices, tips, etc. from these, um, you know, uh, greats, eminent speakers, etc. So, uh, that was one success factor and, and after which we started uh, conducting meetups to constantly keep the lights on and not just about uh, conducting annual conferences, hmm. having these meetups Meetings on, etc. And of course, now with this kind of situation, we are planning. Of course, the talks are in the background that we will want to have an e-event, um, which mm. obviously would not allow. Uh, uh, now, government is slowly kind of react, um, um, uh, relaxing the stuff. Um, but initially, last two, uh, it was scheduled in the month of April, and unfortunately, the whole yeah. pandemic did not allow us to conduct our 2020 conference. But we still want to make it in in 2020 as part of e-event or virtual event uh, so that we we keep the lights on and we start spreading uh, uh you know the awareness more and more so that's my, the, my stint with APGI, it, it still continues, it's still my baby and, and we still go on with that and uh, of course with Scrum Alliance again we had uh, uh, a close association there as well for uh, a Scrum Gathering Lisbon uh, which mm-hmm. is something which uh, I'm a part of the organizing group where we put up this whole conference, go to the location, look at the location venue, uh, see how many people can really fit in. We're really talking about 1500 1, footsteps in so it's a big big massive conference so um again i was i was honored to really work with you there as as part of a, a review team you were a part of my team fortunately yeah. uh, because these cross learnings will really help us uh, yeah. you know professionally as well and personally as well knowing each other and stuff so yeah. um, i've i've had a lot of volunteering opportunities likewise been a reviewer been a module creator for one of their uh, mm. um you know csm modules and and of course uh, uh now as a european gathering team member i serve uh, as kamalian in terms of putting their conference uh, up and stuff Um, Yeah. So apart from that, um, as I was mentioning, there's one other stuff which I wanted to say on Agile Amigo, Mm -hmm. uh, which is is my own stuff, which I do as part of giving it back to community. Um, Again, a a free of charge uh, session, which I do monthly, uh, Mm -hmm. where um, uh, I have a, a... a team of four of us who uh, are in the UK right now, like-minded people. Again, what we do is to curate the content and, and um, um, we do this monthly sessions of introducing people um, into um, the journey of agile. So Hmm. uh, be it starting from, uh, um, you know, what is Waterfall? How Waterfall used to happen? How did Agile evolve? What is the definition of Agile? I start from there because not mm. many people know what Agile As soon as you say Agile, they go into software industry. I say, keep yeah. software industry aside. Talk about the word or definition of Agile. Now, that is where uh, things come because as uh, uh, the great uh, Mahatma Gandhi said, speed is good, but only when you're traveling in the right direction. (laughs) Otherwise, speed is nothing for you, right? Absolutely. Agile, that's how I start my uh, sessions and I start giving them the introduction of what uh, methodologies and framework are used and, and we go a little deep into Scrum because that's widely used at the moment and, and then we touch upon a few certification aspects as well. Um, so this is something which I do and as latest as yesterday, we had a panel talk in terms of mm. how do we effectively work in, in uh, within remote teams now that the pandemic is there yeah. and that's inevitable. You've got to move yeah. on. The life has to move on. So how do you uh, work through that and different retrospective techniques for scrum masters and, and facilitators to go back and start implementing those techniques straight away. Yeah, these are the, the uh, few other things which I do apart from my day job to keep my passion in, in Agile um, live and kicking. Sure.
1: Great. Thanks a lot. And um, I really would like to be part of your activity whenever there is a right opportunity. And um you can definitely get in touch with me. I, I would like to get in touch with you whatever way I can. And again, APGI, if you guys are going to do um online events, then I'll be more than willing to do whatever help I can uh sitting here in US because um traveling is kind of completely out. But uh yeah organizing managing whatever backend work whatever it's a complete volunteer work I would like to do let me know what uh, you think I can contribute to. But coming back to our uh, session, thank you so much. We really have talked a lot of things and I'm sure everybody uh, who is listening has enjoyed uh, your sharing of these ideas and experiences. Uh, I wanted to um, uh, again say that it was a great opportunity for me to know much more about you. Uh, other than our initial introduction Mm -hmm. and I believe we'll keep on uh, talking with each other, collaborating with each other and take it further.
0: Thank you so much. Absolutely, I'd like to thank you, uh, Mandar, because uh, this is definitely a great opportunity for me to uh, talk to uh, your listeners in terms of sharing my experiences and insights. Hopefully, that that should that should benefit um, as as I usually kind of close my stuff uh, by saying again, reiterating, agile is just not a destination. If you're if you're doing your daily sc- uh, Scrum meetings well, that doesn't really put you in uh, you know in the in the tag or label called agile. Um, I have uh, uh, specifically written a blog in my Agile amigo website. You can go and, and um, uh, read through those blogs where I say Agile is not just about attending or conducting daily Scrum meetings. It is beyond that. Look beyond daily Scrum meetings. So, uh, as I said, it's not a destination. It is a journey. We all learn. Uh, I'm sure Mandar, even today, after years of uh, you know years and years of his struggle in in Agile, he's still learning, continuously learning. Even today, like how uh, he is, I am learning even today in terms of new ways of working. In terms of how can we continuously improve? What is the reflection, and what can I adjust in in future for my own self? And as I said, personal agility is something which I have taken it too personal, as much as uh, uh, as usage of Kanban boards, which you have heard from me earlier, <laughs> and and to the extent of my son saying, um, the homework is not in in progress; it is in is it it's in to do. Should I put it in in progress or should I uh, put it in done because I am already done with today's homework <laughs> so those kind of uh, fights will happen at home uh, in my I, home.
1: Love it. I love yeah. it
0: but anyways thank you for great. the opportunity Mandar it was Absolutely. great speaking to you You're
1: right? most welcome thank you bye bye
0: great thank you
1: hope you enjoyed this episode please like share and subscribe to this podcast and to this youtube channel Thank you.